seat for a minute. We've got a couple of announcements. Um, if you are a visitor, we would want to welcome you this morning and just tell you thank you for choosing us to worship with this morning. There's a QR code on the back of your seat uh, that you can connect with us. And for those of you who go to church here or don't go to church here, there's a QR code also for our uh, online giving. Uh, so you can use both of those or you can just scan them for fun because to see what they do on your phone. Uh, <laughs> other than that, we're excited. We have our outdoor service uh, this after, well, later this morning, and then our kind of our celebration of VBS kickoff. Uh, Beth at um, staff meeting on Tuesday said there were over 90 kids signed up prior to, which is huge, which is a huge deal. So 115 now? Who yelled that? 150. Whoa. That's 60 more. Than a, that's awesome. So, um, <laughs> no, it is. I mean, that's, yeah, in a couple of days. So um, that's a huge turnout. She's excited. She's got some workers. But if you want to come around and uh, do what I do and just kind of rile up the kids for the line leaders, you can do that too. So um, what am I missing? That starts next week, obviously, and we're kicking it off today. Oh, and the college life group, Jonathan's, Jonathan's folks, uh, meet Wednesday night at 830 in the activity center. Uh, contact the office for more info or text Jonathan late at night. But other than that, <laughs> But other than that, uh, we are going to pray this morning, and we're going to do a little bit more singing. So join me in a word of prayer. Lord, we just thank you so much for this opportunity to come into your house. Lord, we just thank you for um, your son, Jesus Christ. And thank you for the charge of this church to go out and, and tell people in our community about him. Lord, we thank you for just the excitement around that and the opportunity to do that. Lord, we just um, ask that all those folks that we have in our church and in our community who are kind of struggling with, um, with bad kind of diagnoses or, or bad news and things like that or treatments. We just want to lift them up to you uh, this morning and always, Lord, and just ask for healing and, and, and comfort in those situations, Lord. And again, we just ask that you put the words on Brother Hale's heart this morning, that someone who needs to hear what he has to say um, will hear it. And it's Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, stand up with us one more time this morning, and we're going to sing an exciting one. Well, good God Almighty. I hope you'll find me Praising your name no matter what comes Cause I know where I'd be Without your mercy So I keep praising your name at the top of my Showed up and patched 
guys have a seat. Um, So we have a fun kind of uh, dynamic on this group where we're constantly (laughs) sending each other songs and then giving each other a hard time because we don't play them fast enough. But um, that's actually, they give me a hard time because I don't schedule them fast enough. But uh, just really, this really song stuck uh, in my mind this this kind of this past couple weeks, and I thought about all of the things going on in the world, and you turn on the news, and there's always something corrupt going on, or there's always something crazy going on. Is it good to know that ultimately it doesn't matter when we leave this place because we are ch- children of God, and that means you're a child of love, and that's the name of this song. It's really good, so we're going to sing it this morning. i 
Amen. Thank you, praise team. They they singing out this morning. It's good to see you. If you want to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2 this morning, thank you, Danny. If you want to whisper a little prayer from my voice this morning, I'd appreciate it. I woke up hoarse. Uh, and maybe also a little prayer for the weather this afternoon. Maybe the Lord would graciously uh, allow us to get our 1045 service in before the rain, uh, but uh, man, I'm really excited. This is the Lord's Day and uh, just a, a great day, and uh, it's been exciting this week to have so many participate in the gospel to every home. Uh, the Lord kind of stopped the rain for us on Wednesday night, and uh, we had about 15 go out, and then we had some ladies go out, and Greg and Laura went out, and we had about uh, 30 yesterday. Uh, we was able to cover over 900 homes, and um, that's just exciting to, to be able to get out in our community and invite them to church. And uh, God just put you to right place. Uh, yesterday, we met a, a young lady named Diamond in the in a parking lot out by the apartments by Little Caesars, and her mom had died the day before, and uh, she's kind of down here by herself, and her mom had told her to find her a church, and she hadn't done that yet. And, uh, and she could just kind of recognize, she said, God just sent you all here at the right time. And God does that all the time if, if we'll uh, give our lives to him and to his service. And so excited about that. And then we got Bible school this week. Anybody love Bible school? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, kids come, and we get to tell them about Jesus, and we've had 150 register. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of uh, invitations out there on the table. We ordered probably way too many this year. Uh, I'd love for you to grab some when you leave and maybe hit the kids in your neighborhood. Uh, but um, I'd love to have about 250 kids, or I think Beth said the most we've had is 230. And so maybe we'll have 300 this year. And, uh, and so you invite them, and uh, we'll pray that the Lord will use us this week to plant lots of seeds. We're going through 2 Timothy. We're talking about grace-empowered living. Uh, recently, I was asked, uh, based on the fact that we're saved by grace and it's nothing we do, how can we please God, or how can we live under the approval of God? That's a great question. Ultimately, when we come to faith in Jesus, our sins are forgiven, we're brought into the family of God, and we are pleasing to God. I mean, He looks at us, and we are in Christ, and He sees us in Christ, and He is well pleased with us. But then we want to we want to live out the Christian life, and uh, we want to grow in Christ likeness, and uh, we need God's help for that. We need His grace, and uh, and so that's why Paul begins this chapter by telling Timothy to be strengthened by the grace uh, that's in Christ Jesus. Be strong in the grace of Jesus. And so we don't live this Christian life on our own strength. We can't. We want to get yoked with Jesus, and uh, he will carry the weight, and uh, we'll be empowered and strengthened by the grace that's in Jesus. And so uh, we're going to pick up this morning in uh, chapter 2, verse 14. I invite you to stand. <clears throat> we're going to talk about how to be an approved, approved worker, approved worker, in God's perspective, remind them of these things and charge them before God not to quarrel about words which does no good, but only ruins the hearers. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightfully handling the word of truth. But avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness. And their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hamanonines and Philetus. Who have swerved from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already happened, they're upsetting the faith of some. But God's firm foundation stands, bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are His, and let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. Now, in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the, on the Lord from a pure heart. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil. Correcting his opponents with gentleness, God may perhaps grant them repentance leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. And let's pray. Father, we, we thank you for your word, and, and your instructions here seem challenging. Uh, we pray for your grace to help us uh, to be gentle and kind and not quarrelsome and and Father, we want today to be approved workers. We want to rightly divide your word. We, uh, we, we know that this word is inspired by you, written by Paul to Timothy uh, with so much significance for our lives today. And so we pray, Holy Spirit, you would teach us, that we'd understand, and by your grace, we would live out these instructions. And we pray that some might be saved this morning. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. I'm going to try to make this simple this morning. I'm going to give you six points. Uh, they'll be pretty short points this morning, but six points to kind of summarize Paul's instructions to Timothy in regards to being an approved worker of God. The first point, if you want to be an approved worker, first of all, be careful with your words. 
Be careful with your words. Verse 14, remind them of these things and charge them before God not to quarrel about words which does no good but only ruins the hearers. Now, I've wrestled with this this verse a lot because we know that Paul regularly had to confront false teachers in the church and uh, especially when the gospel was at stake. And so he's not saying not to confront falsehoods, uh, but I think what he's doing here is he's cautioning Timothy about meaningless arguments. And he's saying it's unproductive to argue over every little matter. Now, we have to be careful about that. Uh, we don't need to be so sensitive that every little thing becomes a, a big issue. We, we don't have to make mountains out of mohills. One of my favorite books is called Unoffendable. And the premise of the book is just that we can intentionally be unoffendable. I can live my life not looking for a reason for, to be offended, but intentionally knowing that it would be hard for you to offend me because I'm not going to allow you to offend me. Several people need to read that book and, and uh, take it to, to heart because we're often looking for a reason to be offended uh, when, when Paul would say, we, we don't have to uh, quarrel about every little word. Now, I want to say this. Uh, I said, be careful with your words. I, I want to make sure we know that our words are important and our words have meaning. And we know that we live in some strange times and we find a, a society debating about the meaning of words, familiar words, like a man and a woman, male and female. And they, they want us now to use this gender neutral pronouns. Instead of he and she, they want us to use like they and them and there and when referring to a man and woman. And listen, we know from the scriptures, Genesis 5, 2, that God made them male and female. And so, listen, there's no such thing as a male with a fetus. That's a female. And we shouldn't try to make up pronouns for that. No need to quarrel about words. And church, no need to change our vocabulary to placate what the Bible calls sin. Now, the world wants to debate about what marriage means. And we know that God tells us that marriage is a union of a man and a woman. And so, we should courageously, unapologetically preach Proclaim the truths of God's word. And Paul warned Timothy about quarreling or wrangling the word about words. And he points out that that leads to, to the ruin of the hearers. That word ruin means destructive or catastrophic. And I was, as I was working through this passage, I, you know, it's sad that many churches have abandoned doctrine and the authority of scriptures. And they've abandoned it in favor of well, let's have a conversation. And when they say things like, well, let's have a conversation, it really means that they're about to allow the sewage of the world to infiltrate the church. We've got to be careful about that. that. That's why there are churches today that affirm same-sex marriages, abortion, evolution, premarital sex, divorce, pride, a watered-down gospel, uh, a prosperity gospel. And we could add to the list, just this week, the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America appointed their first transgender bishop. We've got to speak against that. And it is so sad to see uh, the culture having more influence in the church than the church is having on the culture. Uh, and we know that we're in a moral free fall. And, and so we want to avoid meaningless arguments meaningless arguments, but we must be on guard against false teachings and unbiblical teachings. So we want to be careful with our words. Secondly, and this is the most important point this morning, we want to be extra careful with His Word. Extra careful with His Word. It's verse 15. This is important. Verse 15, do your best, be diligent to present yourself to God as one approved that's what we want. A worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. And so the picture that, that Paul is presenting to Timothy is that of a, a master craftsman who has perfected his trade. What's the trade? The, the trade is accurately handling the word of truth. That language here, rightly handling, is a verb, orthomeo. It's the word that we get orthopedic. Or orthodontic. It means to straighten or to cut straight. 
And so if you're a teacher or a preacher, uh, the responsibility is to cut it straight. Now, let me acknowledge that it is hard to rightly handle the word of truth. Listen, it takes work to divide the word. It takes work to rightly divide the word. And so I, I would say to, 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 to our teachers, if, if you're not willing or you're not able to put in the work, then, then don't be a teacher. And, and I would say that James 3.1 says that uh, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, because you know that those who teach will be judged with greater strictness. And so as your pastor, I want to warn you about there. There, there is this thing that you, you shouldn't teach if you don't have the time to put in the work to rightly divide the word. And listen, I love being a pastor, and I, I love every, I, I don't know of any aspect of pastoring I really don't like. There's probably some I like better than others. I like visiting and ministering to people. But listen, my highest priority each week, and the thing that I spend the most time on, is studying and praying and working to rightly divide the word each week. That's my highest priority. Listen, because you don't need some preacher's opinion. And you can amen that. that that's worthless. You need the very Word of God. You need His instructions. And so the challenge uh, as a preacher is to, first of all, seek to understand the author's intent as he writes. Uh, so we come to 2 Timothy. My, my desire, my study is to find out what exactly is Paul trying to say to Timothy in this particular context. And, and so we begin to try to find out what's the author trying to say. And, and the Holy Spirit inspires the writer. And the writer writes to a particular people in a particular context and culture. And then once we understand the, 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 the author's intent, then, then prayerfully we want to consider what does this passage teach me about God? What does this passage teach me about man and myself? And then what are, how, how should that impact my life? And so that, that's the plan. To understand what the author was saying uh, because God gave it to him. Understand how that implies to me and in our lives. And, and our charge is not to have a conversation with the world to see what kind of common ground we might find. That's not the intent. No, we're to stick to the truth. We're to cut it straight. And we're to cut it straight without apology. Now, God's words and instructions are often very countercultural. Uh, they get more countercultural every year. Many resist the teachings of Scripture. Listen, many of our young people, they, 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 they've lived in a world now that, and it seems like the ways of the world is right sometimes, and sometimes it seems to them that the Word of God is outdated. And so that's on our parents and our teachers to help them to understand that God's way is, is perfect and it's for our good. Now, Paul knew there would be plenty of false teachers who teach contrary to the Word of God. And so he encourages Timothy. Timothy, I want you to cut it straight. I don't want you to be ashamed. And I want to say that to our teachers. I, I want to encourage you to put in the work and just cut it straight. That's the instructions. Verse 16 says, but avoid irreverent babble. Avoid irreverent babble. The New American Standard translates that worldly and empty chatter. I think that's the opinions of man. That's conspiracy theories. Uh, that's unimportant babble. Avoid that. Paul says in verse 17, that stuff spreads like gangrene. Well, we've seen that happen. You know what gangrene is. It's an infection. It goes down deep and it spreads. It, it even kills the, the healthy flesh. And Paul mentions a couple people Hymenaeus and Philetus. Apparently, these are two uh, preachers who uh, were allowing the sewage of the world to seep into the truth. And he calls them out here. And what they're saying is that, verse 18, the resurrection has already happened. And they were upsetting some in the faith. They, they were making false claims. And uh, in verse 19, Paul says that God's firm foundation stands. This is God's firm foundation. Isaiah 40 verse 8 says the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God stands forever. And then, God, then, then Paul quotes from number 16, 5. The Lord knows those who are his and let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. And that's going to lead us into our third point about being careful with your life. In, in verses 20 and 21, Paul uh, talks about honorable and clean vessels. And so be careful with your life. Notice verse 20. In, in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, 
some for honorable use and some for dishonorable. I, th- this kind of reminds me of the dishes in the china cabinet. You with me? Those are reserved. Those are for special occasions. Those are for company. Th- those are the honorable vessels. And then over here we got the trash can. And we'll throw anything in the trash can. We just put it in there. Some are for honorable use and some for dishonorable use. Verse 21 says, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable. That word cleanses is ekatharsis. It's a, a cleansing. If one cleanses himself, then he can be a useful vessel. He will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, that's our sanctification, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. Now, who wants to be useful for the master? I do. What do I do? Well, the Lord desires to use clean vessels, those who are set apart as holy. And so, church, let's be a people who are pursuing holiness. Uh, clean vessels that God can use to impact our world. That, that's what we want to be. Verse 22. So flee youthful passions. Uh, don't linger is the language here. And, uh, you know, we tend to think of youthful passions as sexual in nature. And often they are. And Paul says flee from them. Don't, don't hang around with those. Don't play with those. Don't linger with them. Many a man has failed because he didn't flee from those passions. And, and so we don't flirt with that. We don't play with that. We run from that. And let me just say that those youthful passions, they begin when you're young, but they don't end there. And you'll battle them likely the rest of your life. Now, given the context of what Paul is saying here, it seems like, you know, when we're young, sometimes we're headstrong. Anybody know what I'm saying? And we're quick to argue. And sometimes we're harsh. Uh, I know I was. Uh, I think Paul might have been referring to some of those temptations as well. And so he says, flee those youthful passions. And instead, instead of those passions, instead I want you to pursue something. This word pursue is an imperative. Continuous action. Keep on pursuing righteousness. That's living according to to God's standards, obedience to God's word. Pursue righteousness. Pursue faith, faithfulness. Pursue love. Aguape here. That's the unconditional, sacrificial love of God. And we want to pursue our love with God first and foremost and our love with each other. Pursue love and, and pursue peace. Again, ultimately peace with God through faith in Jesus. Peace with one another. Being reconciled to one another. And, and then with a, with a pure heart. Uh, and so, you know, Jesus said in Matthew 8, 5, 8, Blessed are the pure in heart because they'll see God. And, and we want that, don't we? And so we want to be used by God. We've got to be careful with our life. And then quickly, number five, four, be careful with your mind. Notice verse 23. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. Or disputes. You know that they breed quarrels. And so Paul is, is saying to, to Timothy. And maybe he learned some of this over the course of his ministry. But, but he says we don't need more debating and more quarrels. What we need is more proclaiming of the truth. Now listen our, our brain is an amazing thing. Uh, I don't want to allow my brain to become a dumping ground for foolishness. And, uh, and so I, I don't have to be, I, I don't have to be an expert in world religions and cults and uh, counterfeits. I, I want to know some about them, but I, I, I want to be more of an expert on the Word of God, the truths of God. I, I want my mind to be a storehouse for the treasures of God. Philippians 4.8, Paul says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, Whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, whatever is excellent, if there's anything worthy of praise, those are the things that I want you to be thinking about. And so just look at that verse. If it's not true, then don't think about it. If it's not pure and lovely and commendable and praiseworthy, then just think on the things that are. 
I was thinking about all the warnings that Paul gives in his pastoral epistles. But he says to avoid these kind of things. Strange doctrines, myths, endless genealogies, fruitless discussions, unbiblical assertions, unholy and empty babble, opposing arguments of what is falsely called science, battles over words, useless talk that spreads like gangrene, now foolish and ignorant controversies and speculations and disputes. Avoid that kind of stuff. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21, Paul says, test everything and hold fast to what's good. And so don't believe everything you hear. Test it. In verse 22, abstain from every form of evil. And so what that's saying is, church, we, we need to be discerning. And, and we know everything that we hear and read is not true. We know that, don't we? And so don't help spread it if it's not true. Don't, don't believe it. We have to be careful with our minds, what we allow in. Number five, be careful with our demeanor. Now, uh, my mind, Paul comes off as a rather fiery guy. Uh, you get that picture of Paul? I mean, when he had to, I mean, he, uh, but listen to what he says in verse 24. The Lord's servant, that's bond servant, doulos is the word, it's slave. The Lord's slave, Lord's the master, we're a slave, a bond servant. The Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome. But kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil. And here's what I'm thinking. Timothy might have read that and thought, really? Why'd you have to put that in there? That's what I think. When I read that verse, I'm like, why'd you put that in there? That the Lord's servant has to be kind to everybody. And so there's to be kindness and gentleness in our demeanor. There's to be graciousness when we're dealing with those who are in error. Listen, sometimes I'd rather just punch them in the, in the face with truth. I'd rather pull a truth bomb and throw it to them. But Paul says that no, we're to correct, verse 25, correct our opponents with gentleness. Uh, the word is protes, it, it's humility. And so the church, this is a challenge. When you know the truth and you want to battle falsehoods and unbiblical teachings, Paul says, do that, but I want you to do it with humility and gentleness. Now, we're not talking about cowardice. We're not talking about this meekness in the sense of wishy-washy softness. But we're talking about power that doesn't get angry and that isn't self-defensive and and self-exalting. We're talking about gentleness and humility. That's the kind of demeanor, if we want to be God's servant, that we're to have. And sometimes I see those who call themselves God's servants and they have anything but gentleness. And sometimes I have to, sometimes I notice it in myself. And I remember that Paul says you do it with gentleness and it's hard. And then finally, and this is important, be careful about your motives. Be careful about your motives. Back to verse 15 for a second. This one is important. Do your best, Timothy, to present yourself to God as one approved our first and highest priority is the approval of God the approval of God and sometimes we want to please man more than we want to please God and listen if our motive is to please man then we're tempted to dilute distort or even make the word of God align with what we want it to say and so we have to be careful with that. Some, sometimes I'd rather please you than God. And if I do that, I might, I might manipulate the Scriptures. It's, but if our motive is to please God, then we're less concerned about impressing and more concerned about instructing. We're less concerned about trying to electrify the Word and more concerned about trying to clarify the Word. Listen, I know this. Ultimately, I have to give an answer to God, and I want to rightly divide His Word. I, I, I want to be an approved worker. I, I want to be able to show Him my work and for Him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. That, that should be our highest priority. And so our, our motive, first and foremost, is the approval of God. And then our second motive is found in verse 25 and 26. We correct our opponents with gentleness that God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. And so our second motive is the salvation of the lost. Why would we correct our opponents with gentleness? 
so that God might grant them repentance leading to the knowledge of the truth verse 26 that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil having been held captive by him to do his will because we want God to bring people to repentance leading them to a knowledge of the truth listen the truth will set you free the truth will bring you life but if we mess it all up because we are hateful and harsh they're not even going to hear the truth and so Paul says do it with gentleness and God will use your gentleness and the truth to, to bring them to the knowledge of the truth. And, and so Paul says that a useful, faithful servant, you, you must confront with truth, but do it with gentleness and humility and grace. And again, if we don't come with humility and, and gentleness, we're just going to end up arguing and quarreling. Listen, our objective in the end is not just to, it's not to win an argument. But it's to win souls for Christ. And uh, you can win the argument and, and not do the latter. And you lose, don't you? And so this is, before I close this morning, I just want to humbly share the truth of the gospel with everybody I can. I, I, I want you to know the gospel starts with God. He's, he's our creator. And he is good. We sing about how good he is. He is good and perfect. He's holy. He's, he's set apart from sin. And he created us. And uh, we, we choose to do it our way. We sin, and our sin separates us from God, and not only does it separate us from God, but it, it deserves punishment, and the wages of sin is death. Our sin leads to eternal separation from God in a real place called hell, and, and, but God doesn't leave us there. He sent His Son, Jesus, and we know God so loved the world that He sent His only Son, Jesus, and Jesus came to, to rescue us from our sins, and, and we know the good news that, that He lived a sinless life. And because he was God and because he was man and because he was sinless, he was able to go to the cross and take our sin upon himself. And so he died for, for you and I and paid the, the penalty for our sins. And, and we know that he arose from the grave in victory over sin and, and death. And, and, and he invites us to come to him and, and have our sins forgiven. He invites to give us the gift of eternal life. And, and uh, if we'll turn from our sins... And believe upon Jesus, we can be saved. And so this morning, as we conclude, I, I want to invite you to be saved. And listen, there's nothing more important than that. If you'll turn from your sins, and if you'll believe upon the work of Jesus on the cross in pain for our sins and in his resurrection, you can be saved. And so that's that's our greatest desire this morning. And if you are saved, we want you to be an approved, useful worker for Jesus. And, and listen, we need his grace and his help. And with God's help, we can be careful with our words. We can be careful with his word. We can be careful with our minds, with our life, with our demeanor. And we can be careful about our motives with a primary desire to please God and see the law saved. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. I tried to faithfully divide your word this morning. Father, your word has been convicting and sharp this week. Forgive me for the times when I have got caught up in foolish arguments and it wasn't anything but gentle, humble. Forgive me of that. Forgive my sinfulness and pride and arrogance. Lord, thank you for the reminder that our primary goal is to please you. And our secondary goal is for others to, to be saved. And Lord, we pray for that this morning. We pray that you would draw some to yourself and, and save some. And Lord, your word was probably sharp to others. And maybe they have stood on truth, but they've not done it in a way that was gentle and kind and Maybe they won an argument, but they offended the other person. I, I pray, Lord, that you would help us to be approved workers. I, I pray for our teachers that you would give them the time and the desire to, to study your word and to rightly divide your word. Lord, thank you for your word, your spirit that speaks to us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to stand this morning, and I'd love to invite you to respond to God's word. I love to invite you to repent of your sins and believe upon Jesus. I 
Love to talk to you about that. Maybe you need to come and just pray, God, help me to, to be more kind and more gentle in my responses to people. God will help you with that. He's helped me. I still need his help. Uh, maybe you want to be reminded of the Lord's sacrifice and observe the Lord's Supper this morning. We, we invite you to respond this morning as the Lord leads. I heavy and broken within Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin Jesus is calling Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling who come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was born with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Behind your regrets and mistakes Come today, there's no reason to wait Jesus is calling Bring your sorrows and trade them for joy From the ashes a new life is born Jesus is calling Oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was born with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for coming out this morning. Uh, listen, if you go to Bible study and leave around 1030, uh, maybe just stop in your car and pray for our 1045 service. As we was out visiting, we, we invited some people and they indicated they, they might come to an outside service. And so we're hoping to have some, some guests there today, maybe some that are lost and uh, just pray that they might come and might hear the good news and be saved. And, uh, and again, I just want to remind you, there's some of these invitations to Bible school out there on the table. 
love for you to grab some for your neighbors if you know some kids. Uh, would love for you to invite them. And uh, just, I'd ask you also to be in prayer for Bible school this week. There, there's a battle for the souls of our children, and uh, we, we want them to know Christ. And uh, I want to just pray. I want you to pray that we'd have opportunities to really plant lots of gospel seeds this week and, and even see some fruit for that. And so if you'll join us in prayer for Bible school and for our 1045 service, we would so appreciate that. Brother Danny, I'll let you close for us. Just like always, the Dollar Club, the clear box is on the way out, and the offering boxes are labeled out there. Um, it's good to see everybody. I'll pray for um, just not no rain, but just postponed rain this morning as we leave here this morning. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you so much for this opportunity to come into your house, Lord. And thank you for the instruction in your book and, and uh, our, our ability to just get in there and just break it down and what it means for us, Lord, as we go out and to try to minister to people. Lord, we don't want to water down. Uh, the message of the gospel, Lord, because it was so important to us. It's going to be so important to somebody we come in contact with. And we thank you so much for that. Lord, just be with us as we start Bible school this week and our outdoor service. And, and we just ask you to hold that rain off just a little bit. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.